So I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be uh, able to, to give a message here in Advent, talking about the topic of, of joy. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and, and dive right into it. And I'm going to keep my eyes here on the back of any cues. Okay, so um, I'm reading from Luke uh, 1, 39 through 56. Okay, and um, so let's just dive in. All right, so here what we see is, is Mary uh, visiting Elizabeth. So at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. We then transition to Mary's song, the Magnificat, and that's the rest of, of what I'm going to read to you today. Um, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So we find ourselves in the third week of Advent and the word is joy. Uh, and, and I just wanna say it was really beautiful to see um, the youth group read the scripture today, to have Annalise and Sarah on, on stage with, with Riley and, and, and Kaya. And, and so Kaya is my oldest, oldest children, I have three children. Um, and it was really, really beautiful and moving to hear her read that. So I'm really struck by the joy that's present in this particular passage. We see the Magnificat, uh, Mary's song from verses 46 to 55. And overall, both she and her relative Elizabeth are elated. Both are exuding joy at the fact that Mary is pregnant, going to give birth to the savior of the world and thus fulfill God's promise or promises to his people. It's all throughout this particular passage. And Mallory, I really appreciate your prayer there at the end. It's, <laughs> it's interesting, right? It's not lost on me that, that we are still in the midst of a pandemic. I think I just read a statistic that is that over 800,000 American lives have been lost to, to COVID. Divisions persist, inequality rages, Injustice appears to be ubiquitous. The semester just ended, and even though I was on sabbatical, I still feel stressed. I think I just, I'm just like having flashbacks of previous <laughs> semesters, right? The semester just ended. The holidays are upon us. So much is going on around us that it seems chimerical to talk about joy, naive even. And yet I stand before you, and I want to make the, part, to make the point, excuse me, early on that despite these things, it is still possible to talk about joy. And one reason has to do with the difference between joy and happiness. So happiness is based on external circumstances. 
And joy is more about how you are internally. Happiness is ephemeral, whereas joy lasts longer. Joy has to do with our spiritual connection to God. The same cannot be said for happiness. These are just a few thoughts on how these two things are distinguished from one another, by the way. There's so much more that can be said. I, th I think, I think these, th these three things are worth noting. Um, so as much as I might be happy that my favorite sports team won their most recent game, and those of you who know me know I love sports, probably like I'm a true fanatic. Like I, I, I just, I care way too much, but I guess that's part of being a fanatic, right? Um, it would be a stretch, it would be inaccurate, in fact, to say that my team winning brings me joy, right? It makes me happy, but that's not the same as, as joy. Um, my family, however, brings me joy. And so that, that when I talked early on, right, to see Kaya reading on stage, it's just, it, it's just such a beautiful thing. It's hard to even, it's ineffable is the word, right? But we have to use words to express things. And so it really is, it really is joyful to have her be part of this. Um, and joy is also a fruit of the spirit, right? And that's connected, it's connected to God. So uh, Mary's song occurs just after Elizabeth proclaims her, Mary, blessed as the mother of, in Elizabeth, in her words, my Lord. Um, it's, I'm not like, I'm, I'm more of an auditory type person. Like I hear things and that's how I learn. Uh, I'm increasingly trying to like do more like visual things, right? But so what I, what I did in preparing for this message, I tried to, to visualize a little bit more, right? And not, and, and not just simply hear. And so I can picture, right, Mary receiving this blessing. Her showing up to her cousin's house, okay? Being greeted in this, in this amazing way. And it dawning on Mary in a, in a new way that she in fact, was the vessel through which God would enter the world. And then this, is, she, is, is it dawns on her, right, that this actually results in, in great joy for Mary, which is what we see all throughout her song. And I was reflecting on this more, and so if joy is eternal and about our connection to God, then think about what it means for Mary to be pregnant with God. I, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. I had the benefit of having thought about this for a little bit, right? So I'm, I'm going to let that marinate, as we would say back in the day. Just, just think about that for a bit. It's really, it's, 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 it's really amazing to consider. Um, one of the things I was also thinking about as well is, is how joy can be activated or transferred. I haven't decided, like, which of those I think is right. And so I'm going to use both of those, okay, in, 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 in what I'm about to... I'm going to use both of those. I think both these things are accurate. Um, how our relationships with others can actually contribute to our joy is, is what I have in mind here. Um, sometimes others can speak words to us and can remind us of the reasons that we have to be joyful. And that's partly what I see going on here in this passage. Recall that Elizabeth was unable to become pregnant despite desperately wanting a child. I find it beautiful that a person who long struggled with infertility is the one who plays a role in Mary singing this amazing song that we're going to dive into in a little bit. Recall, too, that Elizabeth was filled by the Holy Spirit as she spoke her words. Again, another point of this idea, another point to this idea of our connection to God as a source of joy. So we have the Holy Spirit speaking through Elizabeth, 
John the Baptist leaping in her womb. <laughs> and, and what I think about here is like this transfer of joy is the word that came to mind, right? And if it's, if it's a, and a transfer as well as maybe another way to put it in activating joy in, in Mary. And so, like I said, I think both of these are true. I'm sure theologians will probably, you know, offer different thoughts on it and I'd love to learn from them, right? But in, in preparing for this, I think, you know what? Both of these things make sense to me, right? We can transfer and also activate joy. And, and, and so it's relational. And so I thought, wow, that's really amazing. Here's this person who is in, who's infertile, but who's expecting, who then greets her cousin who's carrying like Jesus. And it's, it's just this amazing, amazing exchange. And I'll talk more about the exchange at, at the tail end of the message once we go through um, and make difficult. But before I transition to Mary's song, what I want to do is recognize that all this talk about babies and about joy can be hard for those of us who are, or those, for those, excuse me, who are experiencing infertility. For those of us who have walked that road, it's painful and lonely. And, and what I want to communicate uh, to those of you who, in, who find yourselves in that position is that uh, God sees you and hears you and is with you. Ooh, okay. Um, when looking at Mary's song, I noticed that there were many cross-references. That is, other passages of scripture that were referred to. And so while books such as Jeremiah and Isaiah and Exodus are referenced, many of the passages referenced in her song come from Psalms. Or as I like to jokingly say, psalms. I, I had to get that out. That is just one of those things. I had to. The book of poems... <laughs> The book with prayers and songs, a book that has psalms of lament and psalms of praise. Now, Matt earlier this year talked about this distinction, so I, I encourage you all to, to, to listen to what Matt had to say about the topic, okay? Um, it, but what I, what I want to highlight here is that given that this is joy and given like the nature of Mary's song, the psalms that she references are those of, of joy, of, of, of rejoicing, okay? Um, psalms of, of, of praise. That's a particular type of psalm that we're going to see here today. Uh, the other thing that's interesting, too, is that psalms talk about God's promises to his people. Uh, and, and I think the one that maybe fits best for today, uh, and in fact, the psalm that was referenced twice in Mary's song, is Psalm 98. And so we're going to read that in its entirety. All right. So I mentioned earlier that I'm a huge sports fan. All right. So people who know me know that. Um, and the other thing is I love songs. OK, I am not a musician. I have families like great grandfathers and great aunts and all that who are musicians. And um, I think our middle daughter, Cadence, seems to have an ear for music. And, I, well, and Kaya, too. Kaya was, was, was singing. So I think my, my kids, I, I, I think have some musical ability and, and definitely um, it's really neat to see. Um, so I don't really sing. I, like, I used to like to dance before like, I got like a little bit older. And I probably could still quite, I don't know if I could quite cut a rug anymore, but I'm like the, I'm like the old uncle at the, at the dance, you know, who knows just enough of the moves, the Roger Rabbit, right, and Bakehead Bounce and things like that. It's like, whoa, that guy used to be able to dance, right? And so I'm like the old uncle now, and I used to, I, I've always kind of danced like an old man, I realize, though. But at any rate, I, I like dancing, but I really love music, okay? And so I like different genres, all right? Um, some I like more than others, but I really try to be open, right, in terms of the music that I listen to. Um, and, and I also am the, am the type of person who, you know, when I'm in situations, I often think of songs that fit that particular situation. So if I'm in like a meeting or something and, and a word will come up, I'll like say, oh, I'll mention a song. I, I just have fun that way. It's just the way my mind works. Uh, and so, for instance, just to give you all an example, 
Um, I thought of the song September by Earth, Wind and Fire, or Earth and Wind as we called them growing up, uh, when we were in the varsity for our first Sunday back in person. So of course that was in the month of November, all right, that wasn't lost on me. So some of you might be wondering, well, well Chris, why didn't you think of the song Gone Till November by Wyclef Jean? Maybe, right? Well, here's the thing, okay? I could probably give you more of, if you all have a question about that, I'm happy to talk after the message about why. I thought, I thought a lot about this, but I like the song September, right? And so we were back on November 21st, as you may or may not recall. And the opening line to the song September is, I'm not gonna, so y'all know, so I'm not gonna sing it, but here's what I want, I want some audience participation. Of course, it's voluntary. I'm not gonna force you all to do this. But if you are, feel free to, to, to clap. And here's the rhythm I need you to clap to, okay? So I wish, you know, I, I'm not gonna call the band back up. I'm tempted to, I'm not gonna do that to y'all though, right? We didn't plan this, but just kind of. Do you remember? Uh, the 21st of September. All right, you can stop. So, I, I wish we had the horn section. Schmidt, I know you, oh, oh, you all are too kind. You're too kind. I wish I had like the horns, because it's really much more like, it really kind of like, but we, I want to have you all do it. But I love that song. I'm also a September birthday, okay? But here's the thing. Do you remember, right, the 21st of November? So I said, oh man, that should be the song playing our first Sunday back. How amazing would that be to have people come down, right? Pa, da, da, say do you, right? People dancing down the aisles, right? Because keep in mind, it's a celebratory song, right? It's upbeat. I don't think there's profane language in it. I listened to it a bunch of times, right? So it's appropriate for kids, right? That's another box to check. Um, it fits the occasion of being back in person after being gone for 20 months, right? Um, November, November, September, right? Same, syllable, same number of syllables in the months, right? And so I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. That's how my mind works, okay? That, and, and I grew up listening to, uh, to Earth and Wind. Uh, I, I still listen to their music today. Again, I'm that old uncle, right? I'm, I'm embracing that about me. Um, and because I know the music so well, right? Because I grew up around it, it was a very easy reference for me to make. So let's transition back, now that I've had some fun, to, to, the, <laughs> to, to Mary, right? Um, and so to me, what's wonderful about songs, let me say this, is that they are a way for us to express joy. Um, oftentimes, words of others can help us to, ex to express our joy, to rejoice. I, I, find that to, I find that to be my experience. And so we see this for Mary as well. As she reflects on the fact that she is the vessel through which Jesus will enter the world, right? She's the one who's favored. She's the one with this calling. She too thinks of these songs, right? Um, and, and so it's not surprising that the book of Psalms is referenced a lot in her, in, in her song, the Magnificat, all right? So what I'm going to do for the next few minutes is I'm gonna go through, and I've already read the verses to you all, okay? Feel free to like open your phone and look at them as I go along. I'm gonna mention the particular verse in today's passage, all right, or, or, or from the Magnificat, and then I'm gonna reference, I'm, I'm gonna mention um, where in Psalms, all right, we see a connection to it, okay? Um, so verse 46 is tied to Psalm 34, 2 and 3, which reads, I will glory in the, law, in, the, in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Verse 47 is tied to Psalm 18, 46. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, my Savior. Verse 48 
It's tied to Psalm 138, 6. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Verse 49 has two particular Psalms referenced. Psalm 71, uh, a part of Psalm, Psalm 71, 19. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Psalm 111, 9. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Verse 50. It's tied to Psalm 103, 17. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord loves Excuse me, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. Ooh, that's why. I, oh. mm. that, that's, that, that's a powerful one. <laughs> All these are, but it, it hit me in a moment. Mm -mm -mm. So uh, verse 53, Psalm 107, 9, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So we see mention of God satisfying, right, our own our basic physical needs. He, he he's concerned with the basic physical needs of his people, something we see throughout Scripture, whether in Exodus or in the Gospels, just, just to name a couple of places. Verse 51, um, we see reference uh, to Psalm 98.1, and then also uh, in verse 54, Psalm 98.3. And so as I said before, I'm, I'm going to read the entire, um, all of Psalm 98. Sing to the sing, excuse me, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known. And revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, burst into jubilant song with music, make music to the Lord, Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the king, let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people's with equity. So I don't know about you, but as I was reading through that, Jesus, right? So I, and I have my notes. In other words, comma Jesus. That's what I have written down. I could have said that, right? But it's, it, it's wow. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing, right? Fulfillment, exalting God, joy abound. So if I were to try to summarize what these different Psalms, right, that are referenced in Magnificat point to, those are the things I would say, all right? Fulfillment. Exalting God, joy abounds. Um, joy abounds. <laughs> uh, the last verse uh, tells us uh, that Mary stayed there for three months and then returned home. And I feel like, you know, it might be easy. I mean, after thinking about right, this exchange between Mary and Elizabeth, and what Elizabeth says to Mary, and in this amazing song, right, that Mary breaks into, it might be easy to, to skim over this last sentence and say, oh, yeah, they just had to kind of, you know, wrap things up. Okay, let's, before we move on with the story. And, and I don't know if that's right, though. I feel like that's a really powerful sentence, right, that we can really unpack. Um, again, I, I, I visualize, I imagine the time that they spent together. You have Mary and Elizabeth, right? They, they're related to one another. They both are expecting and it's miraculous 
right? But the, the, <laughs> the fact that they are both expecting. You know, I can see them maybe talking with one another about what it will be like to be mothers, right? Like what, how, how are things going to change? I and mean, what, what, what will the lives look like of these children that they're carrying? They also know that these children are, are to live extraordinary lives. That these two babies will be tied together. What I can't help but wonder is, is how many other songs were sung in that three month period where Mary and Elizabeth are spending time together. In, in preparing for this message, I was forced to, to really think about uh, what this experience was like for Mary. What would it feel like to be told that you are to play a role in the pivotal event in, in, in the human experience, right, in the history of the world? Like, what would that feel like? The, the other thing I, I want to confess as well is I realize that in, in trying to not deify Mary, I've spent a lot of my life distancing myself from her. And so that is what I refer to now as a Leroyism, because those were words spoken by none other than the Matt Leroy in my conversation with him in preparing for this message. And so I think henceforth, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Like I have, because that, that's, I'm like, wow, that's really good. I'm going to give Matt credit for this, right, in, in this setting. That, that is really powerful. You got the alliteration, right? Anytime it's alliteration and it's accurate, I mean, that's beautiful, right? Um, I went to undergraduate school. Uh, uh, my undergraduate school was St. Louis University, a Jesuit Catholic school, okay? Uh, my grandmother uh, was a devout Catholic, so she named my father Christopher Jude after two Catholic saints. I'm named after my pops, hence my name Christopher. Oh, you might not know it. Christopher Jude Clark. It's on my email. Anyway, um, so I grew up, right? I mean, I have, I have interactions with, with Catholicism, right? And so I know, right, that, that um, I think that's partly why I was like, man, like, I don't want to, like, put Mary on this pedestal, right? But I think that there, there is another path, right, that we can actually learn a lot from her. And it doesn't have to be, right, deifying her or distancing her. And this is where I should have come up with that third word that's the middle ground. I'm going to let you all come up with that for me, right? But there's another one. And if it begins with a D, all the better. But in all seriousness, this is a way we could really learn from, from her. Um, we see this young woman, you know, at a time where as a young woman, she was vulnerable and utterly without power. From what I recall, Matt teaching in the past, right, women weren't even allowed to be like witnesses in courts or anything. They had no power. And so how amazing is it for us to actually have a chance to really reflect on her words where she gets to express herself and we wrestle with what that means. Expressing joy, excuse me, expressing joy. Right. Um, and in the process of doing so, she's doing so. She's referring back to these psalms. She's also speaking about the covenants. Right. That God made with his people. And there's something we you know, a recent uh, teaching series. Right. Where we talked about these major covenants. And so we think about Jesus as fulfilling God's promise, promises to his people. That he will provide the ultimate rescue. He was the messianic king they've been waiting for. So as we continue in Advent, as we continue to anticipate the arrival of Jesus, may we do so with joy. And I, and, in, and I think for me, you know, what, what I want to offer here at the end is putting myself in the shoes of Mary, right, and, and, and preparing for this message, made it to where I could actually, yeah, despite everything that's going on around us, really be able to say, wow, this really is a joyous occasion. 
And so I, I, I hope that you're able to do so as well. And I hope that some of these words have helped you kind of think about the, 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 how abundant joy was in that, in that situation as, as all this unfolded. So in other words, may the joy of Advent hit us anew. 